Here we go, the Minnesota Life. We are unstructuring in the house today. We are unstructuring in the house today. It is a God moment really in our midst. And, um, you know, I, I was just meditating before we started. First Corinthians chapter 2, I have to read this to you from verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. The word of God, the understanding of the wisdom of the word of God brings forth a maturity and prepares our hearts, our ears, our sight to understand and to grow thereby. And so that this word is placed in a mature ground of understanding and not be lost, not be stolen by the devil. And so we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. We do not speak the, the words of philosophy. We don't speak the words of dead religion. We speak the living words of the living spirit of the living God nor of the rulers of this age. We don't speak demonic incantations. We don't speak um, politically correct messages. And those, the word says, are coming to nothing. But we speak, but we speak the wisdom of God, Paul writes, in a mystery. And there is a constant unveiling of the word of God. There is a constant unveiling of the mysteries of the word of God. It's not a mystery that you've got to go catch over there, over there. It's right there in your lap when you sit with the word in your lap. And you have the Holy Ghost within your heart to bring forth understanding of these mysteries. And look, look at these mysteries that are being unveiled in this hour. They are hidden. It's a hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. And so we say, ha, 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 devil, you know nothing. And so this is one of these moments where it was a hidden mystery. And the Lord made a set up, a set up, a divine appointment. And so we have a special speaker today. We have a dear brother in the Lord, a close family friend to my husband and I, his wife Dana, and, and, and his name is Larry Warnell. Have, we've known him for a long season of many years. And the Lord in his goodness to us has brought forth a gift to us, to the body of Christ. And his heart is that the word of God be made flesh in your life. His desire is that the spirit of the Lord flows unhindered in your life. That the gift and the demonstrations of the spirit of God are real to you. That you have working knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And so here we go and here we go. We have our brother Larry Warnell that would join us. I'll just pass on the mic and I think I'm going to be standing over there somewhere. Totally excited. Totally excited. And so here we go, thank Mary. You, here you, we thank go. You. Thank you so much. So you pinned up. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank glory you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Things are happening today. I just don't expect. I just got up off the floor, by the way. I was I was nailed by the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm always honored to bring forth God's word. I don't take it lightly. Um, I just feel like I'm laughing all of a sudden. I don't take it lightly. And when I was first asked to do this, uh, I got prepared. 
I had everything ready, had everything in order until I woke up this morning. Holy Spirit hijacked it. Why did he do that? But anyway, I want to bring forth. Look, listen, I don't, I've learned a long time ago not to read this word just to get a message. I learned a long time ago not just to get a lesson. I've been learning to read this and study it to become the message to a broken world. I want to become who Jesus says I am, and only this can do it. I think I'm going to talk about, I could be all over the place. I'm going to talk about the spirit and the word. Um, listen, until we allow this to change us, to change me, I can't change anybody. This has to change me so I can change the world. I can because I have a calling in my life that I know what it is, and I'm going after it. Things are happening in mine and my wife's life that never happened before. So I have to go to a place to find out where the Holy Spirit's going. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Let's just have fun today. How's that? Let's just have fun today. Uh, I think I'm going in John 14. Let's try this. Holy Spirit, you do this to me all the time. Now that I'm trying to, I need this to hang up. I'm, whew, yes. Wow. John 14, verse 25 and 26, it says this. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But when the helper comes, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you things and bring to your remembrance the things that I have spoken to you. The Holy Spirit never came to give us goosebumps. I'm over that stage. I'm over the feeling, the 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 chills of, of the Holy Spirit, which is good. You can have that. But he came to guide us in what? In the word. There's great teachers out there. We have many right here on TV or whatever. But you know what? He is our teacher. He's our number one teacher that I wanted to, to live like, to model with. Because he wrote it. He, he knows how to change me and how to put me to a place where I need to be. Not a man. Man never called me. The Holy Spirit called me and separated me. Baby, let's go to, let's, oh, feel something here. I never felt this in a long time. If I start spurring my words, I'm drunk. I'm sorry. Okay, let's go to John 16. Oh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. John 16, uh, we're going to, this. it's all good. John 16, 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to, into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but what he declares to you, he has heard from me. And he will glorify the Father in my name. He will glorify the Father. And from there, I have to show you in, in uh, Isaiah, I think it's 34. I think it's 19. i never seen this in the, verse, in, in the Bible before, how the Holy Spirit works. Listen, if you want the Holy Spirit to guide you into truth, to show you things to come, which he said he would, we have to give him something to work with. We have to get this in. The Holy Spirit does not speak outside his word. So many Christians are going from church to church, getting a word from God. Uh, I need to hear a word from God. When you can get it right away. Jeremiah was, was the man of the word. You can't go through Jeremiah without saying, and the word of the Lord, Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go through Jeremiah. He was a word man. But today, don't wait for the word to come to you. You go to it. You go to it, and he'll give you that word. 
And I've been learning that a long time to, to get up, get addicted to it. The world says that we're creatures of habit. In other words, we do the same thing, whether we know it or not, over and over again. I was tired of backsliding in my younger days, in and out, in and out, in and out, doing what man told me to do. I wanted, if I wanted to become like Christ, I needed to be addicted to the word. I needed to, an alcoholic don't say, I'm going to wake up being an alcoholic today. It's a time process. He does it over. He does it over. So I said, Holy Spirit, please, I don't want to be in and out no more. I can't live this way. I can't be in the world and with you. It don't work that way. I can't do it no more. So Holy Spirit, I want to get addicted to this. I want to become this. I want to get serious with you, Holy Spirit. I really do. So I said, I'm taking 30 days. I'm taking 30 days, whether I feel like it or not. Some people say, but I don't remember what I read last week. So what? Get it in your spirit, man. Can you remember what you ate last Tuesday? If you do, you ruined my lesson. No. <laughs> Can you remember what you read last Tuesday? No, you can't. Or read last Tuesday. Ate last Tuesday? No, but it did your body good, didn't it? Unless it's a bag of chips like I eat them. Anyway. But you sometimes you cannot remember what you read. But don't stop there. That's a lie of the devil. Keep it in. Oh, let's go to Isaiah 34, I think. Did you get there for me? Smart enough. Mm. Isaiah 34. I think it's verse 9. No, it's verse 16. Man, this I could stay in this verse my whole life. And I'm reading from the ESV version. I don't know how your version says it, but it's all good. Isaiah 34, 16 says this. Right off the bat. Seek and read from the book of the Lord. Not one of these will be missing, not one without its mate. For the mouth of the Lord has commanded, and his spirit has gathered them. Now check that out. The word and the spirit's taking place here. Not one of them will be missing its mate. What's a mate mean? It means a coming together, a bringing a, a union, something. The Holy Spirit, and look at this, the Holy Spirit will gather them. You want revelation? Get the word in. He's gathering, while you're reading the word, he's gathering all this revelation. He's bringing it up. Not what Pastor so-and-so said. That's great. I'm wandering here, sorry. Not what Pastor so-and-so said. That's great. He's gathering all this revelation because without your revelation, you'll make it to heaven. But let me tell you something. It's going to be boring. God speaks to me every morning I wake up. So is my wife. But anyway, every morning I wake up. I gotta say, I got this morning, not knowing what to say. She said, Don't try to be funny. <laughs> I said, well, Go back to bed. No, I didn't say that. She said, Don't try to be funny. I said, I said, I'm not going to be. And for me to stand here like this, oh, it's hers. I just get off the floor. <laughs> oh, man. I listen to God. <laughs> But listen, I'm going to read this again. It's so good. Seek and read from the book of the Lord. That's the first goal. Read something. Stay in the New Testament. Stay in the, John, the Gospel of John. Get in the Colossians, or Colossians uh, Ephesians, uh, Galatians. Stay in the, stay in, listen. Feed your spirit, man. Feed your spirit. It is, in my younger years, I keep, I told you I'd be jumping from place to place. 
In my younger years, I chased ministry. I went to Bible school. People had words over me what I was going to be. You're, you're called the youth. You're called the this. You're called that. Yeah. I listened to it, but I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit. And I chased ministry. Wrong thing to do. You don't chase ministry. Just take Look at First uh, Samuel 3. Here's someone that had a ministry. First Samuel 3. If I'm going too fast, I can't help it. I'm excited. I'm so honored being here. The Spirit and the Word. First Samuel 3, verse 1 says this. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. Get that, get that right there. He was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no wide open vision. But jump down to verse 7. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Because the word was not revealed to him yet. So he had a ministry, but didn't know God. That's happening in church today. I was chasing after ministry, but not reading good books, but not reading the book. I chased after what I thought was the right thing to do, chasing my ministry, going to Bible school, and missing everything. My family was in trouble. Man, I was like I was working full time in Bible school full time, and we were running running a youth group. Man, something was bound to break. I woke up one morning. Like me and my wife hardly seen each other back then. Bible school and everything. I woke up one morning. I used to see Dana on the way to the door while I was coming home from uh, Bible school or whatever. So Dana left. I was left with Matthew, who was only two years old at the time. You know what this two-year-old said to me? Changed my life completely. I had no one else to talk to. Dana was gone. I said, Matt, your father's in a dilemma. I said, uh, the two-year-old, get this now. Talk about other mouthful babes. He said, I said, to Matthew, I don't know what to do. I said, what, what should I do? Uh, should I quit the youth group? Should I? You know what this he said, Dad, go through the doors that God opened, close the doors that he shut. So I went, what? What did you say, Matthew? He goes, let's play car car. <laughs> That's not what you said the first time. What did you say? A two-year-old said the best word I ever heard. The best word I ever heard in my life was from a two-year-old teaching me. So from that time on, I said, I am not chasing ministry no more. I'm going to chase after the spirit and, and the word of God. And the word of God, because it will change you. It will change you completely. Just a few weeks ago, a guy said to me, he said, a, a good brother, awesome brother in Christ, he said, um, and all this dilemma that's going on in the world today, we are, we are in those times, let's face it. But you know what? He said, Larry, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? And I said, no, I don't. He said, you're some negative. I said, no. Jesus said, I am the light. I'm not looking for a light at the end of the tunnel when Jesus said, I can be a light at the beginning of the tunnel, shining in the dark for people to see. Don't look for that light. You're the light. I'm the light. Let's, be, let's go to Matthew. Uh, I think it's Matthew 5.14. That's a worldly saying. You see a light at the end of the tunnel. No, we are the light. Matthew 5, 14, 14 to 16. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. It says, you are the light of the world. <laughs> Stop right there. No excuse. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. There's a lot of basket-headed Christians around. Sorry, no. Get the basket off your head. <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> Don't be a basket-headed Christian like I was. In the same way, let your light so shine. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Listen, this is not the time. This is not the time for the church to hide. This is not the time for the church to be caught up in what the world. We are a light. It, it says in Psalms that with God there's no darkness. Even darkness is light to Him. We have the answer. The world's not waiting for a super politician or a, or a rock star preacher. Okay, I just, I just I just seen a verse go through my head here. Let's go to Romans eight eight nine. 819. Am I going too quick? No. Romans 819. Jesus, Jesus. The world is waiting for us. Romans 819 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And with power. And he went about doing good. Oh, yeah, I'm going to ask him, but I'll go there later. <laughs> Romans 8, 19 says, for, <laughs> I want to hit myself, but that's okay. Romans 8, 19 says, for the whole entire universe is waiting for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. They're waiting for me. They're waiting for you. A politician ain't going to cut it. Preachers are awesome. I listen to them all the time. But they're waiting for us. Come on, church. They're waiting for us. Just the other day, or yesterday, I was complaining because I had helped someone move. But, you know, I said, man, I don't feel like helping anyone move today. I moved so many people. I should have opened my own moving business. <laughs> anyway, they asked, they asked, I hardly knew the person that. So I get there, I sort of, oh, yeah, blah, blah, move this, move that, and all that. And, of course, some of them, I'm moving, and they're still packing while I'm moving. I'm like, oh, man, God, come on. And then I said, then I heard the Holy Spirit say, won't you be Jesus to her? She's only a young girl. And right of the, right of the blue, God said, pray for him, her anxiety. Pray, that, tell her that she's an awesome mom. So on my way with the door, I said, can I pray for you? Didn't know her. No, I knew when she was a little baby, but for some of senior in years, I said, can I pray for you? And she broke right there as soon as I said those words. She said, I don't know why I'm crying. I said, God's all over you. God is all over you. <laughs> I'm feeling it now as I'm talking. And I'm looking at this girl's eyes. She's looking at me. And she just broke. Her brother standing beside me, takes me aside later and saying, thank you, Larry, for doing that. I said, it was God, man. I said, I mean, I came with bad attitude. And here's another thing about living by the word and spirit. He can change. He can show you the difference between having a good day and having a God day. So, so different. Having a good day depends on what's going on. But having a God day, you will change others. A God day is so much better. What's the difference between having a good day and a God day? One vowel, the letter O. <laughs> Knock that O out, you got God, right? Change your good day to have a God day. It is so much better. For example, Jonah. Jonah, I love, I love reading Jonah. He's so funny. Jonah's having a bad day up there in the hill. 
complaining because this leaf disappeared, is dying on them, while God was saving the whole city. He missed out what God was doing, him the God day, because he was no more concerned about his comforts. He missed a God day because he's having a bad day. That's how we can miss it. Paul and Silas is the opposite of that. I can see Silas now, like all these healings taking place uh, until he came to this woman and it was possessed by a devil. Cast them out and then they're in jail. I see Paul, I see Silas now. Oh, come on. I, I thought going with you was a good time. Here we are in jail. Dark, stinky, stinky. And what did Paul say? Are you ready for a God day? Sing, Silas. <laughs> he said, come on, sing. Let's get out of here. But the God day is not just not for us, Silas. It's for everyone in the cell with us. So start singing. Let's have a God day. And when he started singing, what happened? The whole, the whole prison heard it. I saw probably started out, glory to God. No, louder. I want everyone to hear. Am I getting loud here? Louder. I want everyone to hear. And once they did that, what happened? The cells were all breaking out. A family gets saved because of it. The guards heard it. And an earthquake, it just shook the place. So have a God. I say this everywhere I go. And it's in, I like doing it on purpose. I like getting people's. Someone says, have a good day, Larry. I say, have a God day. Yeah, a, a what? I said, have a God day. I guess so. <laughs> it brings up a conversation. It brings up uh, uh, what's, what's really going on inside of you. Let's go to uh, uh, Second Peter. Second Peter. Jesus. While you're going to Second Peter, <laughs> I think I need to say something here about what God is doing. Listen. I find the church today is just, not all the church, most church now is just waiting for Jesus to get them out of here. They're, they're looking, they got their heads in the class saying, come on, Jesus, this is, I can't get through this. I, just come on back. Listen, the, the rapture was never meant for an escape plan. <laughs> it's a pickup for a bride. It's a pickup for a bride. We are, and I'm not waiting to get out of here. I'm not waiting to get in the kingdom of heaven when we can bring it here. There's so much work to do. We are, the church is still here, and we, we, have, we are still having victory. Be Jesus now. Don't wait for him to come. He's inside of you. John, John, uh, 1 John uh, 4, 17 says, as he is. I would have taken as he was. That would have been great for me. Look what he did. But said, as he is now. How is he now, do you think? He's at the right hand of God in, in, in the heavenlies. And guess what? We're seated there too. Don't be praying from down here looking up. Pray from where you are seated, down on your problems. Pray downwards towards where. Don't say to the devil, get behind me when he's under my feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he ain't behind me. He's under my feet where he belongs. I can hear crunch, crunch, crunch. Get up in the morning and crunch his head, crunch his thoughts. And I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me one time. Sometimes when fear creeps up on, upon you, the Holy Spirit said, that fear is not coming from you. I didn't design you to feel fear. I said, then what am I feeling? The spirit of fear, you're feeling his fear. Just tell him to get under your feet. It ain't your fear. We, we ain't built for fear. We are, we, are, we are not just sinners saved by grace. That is a lie. We are a new creation in Christ. We are new. We are a new species. Yes, I'm on, aren't I? <laughs> We're a new species in Christ. We are not like we used to be. Get that out of your mind right now. 
we are, we are new. We are a new species. We, we are we are not. We're in it, but we're not of this earth. We are not of this earth. Where is I going here? Anyway? Second, Second Peter. Second Peter. Yeah. Second Peter. I'll know when I get there. Let's hang on a sec. And the Holy Spirit. You got to realize that the Spirit and the Word. He wants to breathe His Word all over you. All over you, if you just let him. I'm in First Peter. That ain't going to work. Okay, Second Peter, first one, twenty and twenty-one. Twenty and twenty-one. I'm not used to looking at the camera. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm are you there yet? <laughs> <laughs> it says this, knowing this first that all, all that there's no prophecy of Scripture comes from no one's own interpretation. That's so awesome to know. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The word and the spirit go hand in hand. And in, in the, I need to go to John 16 again. All these verses, are just I told you, I, I woke up, I never had nothing. It's all coming now. John 16. You guys are good. You always beat me to it. John 16. Where are they going with that? Can we just put our fingers here and let's go, let's go to 2 Timothy 3? <laughs> 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3 says this, and here's the Holy Spirit right here, man. Here's the Holy Spirit all over this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. All scripture. That's why it's so important to get this for ourselves, you guys. All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, reproof, and correction. And for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped. So it's God, it is all God breathed. And I need to go back to John. I want to see, I've never seen this before. You guys might have known this. It takes me a while to get Revelation, but I do finally get Revelation. Let's go to John 21. The Holy Spirit says, He finally got it. He finally got it. After all these years. But I do get it. John 21. No. John 20. <laughs> I get you guys going everywhere. John 20, uh, 22, and 23. And I'm going to show you what took place here. Luke has a better version of this. I'm going to show you what took place here. It's so cool how the, the Spirit and the Word works together. It says, are you in John 22, 23? It says, John 20, 22, and 23. Yep. Jeez. And when he had said these things, he breathed on them. Okay. He said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. What took place there? They weren't filled with the Holy Spirit until the book of Acts. So he breathed on them. What took place there? What do you think? He says, Luke, let's go to the Luke 24. Here's what took place. It's the exact same story, but Luke covers it in a better way. He just didn't breathe on them. He said, here, go ahead for supper. No, no. He said he breathed on him for a purpose. Luke 24, 
I think it's in Luke 24. Oh, yeah, it's in uh, 46. So John said, Jesus breathed on them and he received the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened. when he, it, That's when they were born again. That's when you're first, you can't understand scripture until you're born again. When Jesus breathed on them, they received the Spirit to be born again. That's for salvation. Because here's what Luke says. Then he opened their minds to understand scriptures. That's what took place. I like how Luke turned that around. He just didn't go for no reason. He breathed on them so they could understand scripture. He breathed in their minds and their spirit to get born again to understand scripture. So that's why I read in, 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 uh, in Timothy where it says, all scriptures breathe. Let him breathe on you. Let him breathe on you as soon as you wake up. Genesis, uh, John 1, 1 says this, in the beginning was the word, creation. Then back in Luke, it says, uh, I think it's Luke, I forget where it is. It says, um, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. So in the beginning of creation, we needed the word. Right from day one. And at the end of everything, you still need the word. So let's begin our day in the word and end our day in the word. Does that make sense? Let's not, I'm, listen, I can't wait from Sunday to Sunday in midweek service yeah, yeah. to burn for Jesus. I cannot wait. I did it before. It don't work. It don't work. Can I take you to, to the greatest Bible study, three-man Bible study that ever took place in history? Can I take you there? Yeah. And I think you know where I'm going with this. This is one of my, I always say that. This is one of my favorite passages. I got a lot of them. It's in Luke 24. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I think it starts from verse 13 all the way down to 32. Remember after Jesus' death, um, the two disciples were walking on the way. They are having a bad day. But Jesus was about to give them a God day. And he, by the way, they're going to a, a town called Emos or Amos or however you want to pronounce it. Emos. You know what that word emos means? It means a burning place. So their fire got put out when Jesus was put to death. So they're, let's say, we can say it this way. They need to, I want to go to, I need to go to church to burn. I got to get on fire for God again. I need to go to a church. We don't have to wait. Okay, look what Jesus does. They were waiting to get to a certain place to burn when Jesus meets them in the best three men Bible study in history. This is so cool. Man, you can have Bible study with Jesus every day. Verse 27 of 24 says this. And beginning with Moses, listen to this, and all the prophets. He took the whole Testament, the whole New Testament to them and had a Bible study for these two men. Beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. Now jump down to verse 32 to forsake a time. It says, and they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us when he opened to us on the road the scripture? Right away, Jesus says, man, don't wait to get on fire for me for, for, for two days a week. Why don't you burn now? I remember I used to go to church. Come on, praise the worship team. Pump me up. I'm down. Pump me up. It's your job. It ain't your job. It ain't the pastor. It's not the pastor's job to, to get you on fire. It's your job. It's your job to get the fire. To get the fire so you can burn. Before you go to church, can you imagine if the whole congregation of a church 
caught on fire while they're home with their wives, with their kids, and brought it to church? I think it'd be a new, whole new body. It'd be, in the Old Testament, God started the flame in the temple. But he said to the priest, now you keep it going. I'm not going to keep coming down here and let this for you. I want you to keep this, this fire going. In the natural world, I know what gives me heartburn, pepperoni. <laughs> right? I know what to eat. You, you want your spirit man heart on fire? Here's what to eat. Let your heart, look, I'm telling you right now. I was at this place. Me and Dana are in a different place, I'm telling you. We are in such a different place that I never knew existed. I always heard about living for God, and I was in church all my life, confessing this, confessing that. But man, now that we have to live it, whew, and, and knowing God and hearing him, and, and, tru and truly getting revelation for myself, Dana says, Larry, you're always talking about getting your own revelation, but it's good. I can't rely on Pastor so-and-so to give it to me. We just read it in, uh, in Isaiah 34. The Holy Spirit will gather this revelation, but you've got, to take, you've got to take it in. You have to take it in. But yeah, like I said, when you burn for Christ, I was at my workplace a month ago, um, and uh, I'm, I'm using opportunities everywhere I go. Now. I'm not having missed opportunities no more. This is me. I'm not saying for everybody. I'm, I'm tired of saying, I've missed the opportunity. You should have said this. No, I'm making them. And I'm, it's good to be led by the Spirit, too. I, I, I love that, and that's true. But sometimes Christians are waiting for them to be led. They become like led. <laughs> I don't want to do nothing. Yeah, I need to feel led. Well, get a lead pencil and feel it. I don't know what to do. Just do something. Let God move. You know, let God move in your life. And anyway, my second day on the job there, the wife of this place I'm paying for, because we get talking about God. She goes, oh, I have a Bible. I said, ooh. I heard the door go, I'm going through. The door is open. Soon, and uh, anyway, she said to me, and this is an unbeliever now. This is an unbeliever. She, she said, Larry, I think God gets you here for more than work. I went, whoa. I, it just floored me. And the door is there, wide open, where the other day, I'm back at her, their house again, because I guess he liked my job, praise God. Anyway, she, uh, she woke up. She says, I can't move my back. My back's sore. I can't leave that. I can't leave that. I said, can I pray for you? And I got her husband, called her husband. I said, come on, you lay hands on her too. She's probably, okay, I'll go lay hands on her. You know, <laughs> so we, laid, we, we laid hands on her. And I turned to walk away to finish what I was doing. She goes, it's better. I went, I, I, I pretend. I go, yeah, I know. I know. God's good. Like sometimes you get, yes, it worked. <laughs> you know, you say, yeah, it works. Of course it works. I think, I think we're coming to a time where if someone don't get healed, we'll be surprised. Don't you believe that? I think we're coming to a time if someone don't get saved or healed, it's going to be a shock. James says, is anyone sick among you? So it must have been a healthy church. And now when I leave that place, you know what the husband says to me? Can we pray, Larry? I said, okay. He goes, can we hold hands? <laughs> I said, yeah. I guess. And one time Les was with me there. He had to do the drywall part because he had mold. 
I'm going off in storage now. And uh, again, Amber, the husband goes, yeah, let me pray you guys go. Before Les goes, can we pray? Yeah. And uh, anyway, we get praying. And the bones of Les put his hand on his head. Yes, in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone's own. I said, Les, go for it, man. That's, the, that's, the, that's awesome, Les. And the guy went, mm, yeah. <laughs> he said, I felt the chills, man. <laughs> so, so it's, look, I'm just, I, I want to be Jesus. I don't want to be religion. I think the world had enough of it. I'm called to be me. I'm called to, Dana, I'm called to be me. And I can run out there if I have to. They won't say nothing. <laughs> she said I could. <laughs> so, I, you know what? It's just, it's just one of those things that you can have God days. Forget the good day. If you're having a good day with the devil shaking it and it all falls off, it leaves God. You know, don't let the world shake you. You shake the world. With your, with your own relationship with Jesus Christ. You guys can do what I can. I can do what you guys can in my, in my sphere. Just be real to people. Because let me tell you right now. The world knows something's going on. The world knows something big is happening. The prophets say we are in the greatest times. These are the days the prophets love to be in. We are here. Angels want to get involved in it. They're excited about this day. So I just encourage you, and this was an honor, you guys. I appreciate for you allowing me to do this. I don't take it lightly. Next time the Holy Spirit better not do this to me. And I don't want to be knocked on the floor before I come up. <laughs> but I had a great time. God bless you guys. Have a God day. Seriously. Bless you guys.